Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Revelation chapter 3. Many of you are familiar with the seven letters that Jesus speaks here in the book of Revelation. It's the revelation of himself to the church as given by St. John, the beloved disciple. The last three churches here that he speaks to and many people could use that and, and see that as even within scripture as a period of time within the Christian church I'm not going to preach so much to that but I do I, I think if the Holy Ghost will allow I'd like to speak to the thought of the, the church at Sardis the church at Philadelphia and the church at Laodicea and the relevance that it has today in the culture and in the time that we are living in. And in doing that, not just as church, as, as many people know it, as a building and where people come to, but rather being the church. And instead of saying, which church do you attend or where do you go, I'd like to just simply ask, which church are you? See, the Word of God says that though you not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Word of God says you're bought with a price, therefore we should glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which is the Lord's. The Word of God says this in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that is the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, that I know thy works. You've got a name, thou has a name that thou livest and are dead. Be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, he that is holy, hallelujah, he that is true, hallelujah, he that hath the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts. And shuts and no man opens. I know thy works, and behold, I've set before you an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength. And hast kept my word, and has not denied my name. Verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all, say all, the world, 
And the word says to try them that dwell upon the earth. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were either cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind. He said, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that you may see church verse 9 verse 19 as many as I love as many as I love I rebuke I chasten be zealous and repent. Lord, we love you today. Such power in your word. And Holy Ghost, I surrender to you. You know without you I'm sunk. So we just simply say today, God, have your way. I pray, God, that this word would go out. And just as you said that your word would go forth, it wouldn't return void. You said, God, that your word was a healing word. That it was a word of power. That it was a word that we could build on as a foundation. And today, God, I stand on the word. I believe in the word. I believe in the word that convicted me yesterday, that strengthens me today, and it's going to be there tomorrow. I believe in the power of your word. It's living and alive today. That God is not the ink on the page that brings strength to me. But it's the Holy Ghost that inspired it. Today, Lord, let inspiration go forth through the power of your word and change lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, are you a dropout? Are you a dropout? Hallelujah. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm quickened because really this morning my whole thought is, <laughs> preaching to a dead church. There's three churches here that I made reference to. Sardis, there's actually a total of seven, which would have been Ephesus, Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira, Pergamos, and then these last three. Sardis, that very word is that when you look at it, it means a red stone, but it also, also takes on the thought of renovation. And when you begin to see this, if you look around you, this church is under renovation. Before you leave today, what I want you to do is, is we've got a bunch of markers over here. Somebody went their permanent markers. What I want you to do before you leave, everybody that's here, and if you're hearing, if you're listening online and you have the opportunity, the church will be open all day tomorrow. They're going to start laying carpet in there, I think, Tuesday. What I want you to do is I want you to take a marker and all over this be the only time anybody ever told you to write on the floor. <laughs> Kids, if you ever... <laughs> Bring your kids with you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write your favorite and the powerful verse maybe that God has given you throughout time, and I want you to write that on the floor because that's going to get covered in carpet. But see, when we begin to preach and when people come in, they're going to be standing on the Word. They're going to be 
sitting right there on top of the Word. And I believe that the Word is our foundation. Can I get a witness in this house? See, I believe that. So I'm going to encourage you to do that today. Inside, outside, online, the church will be open there tomorrow. We've got some of that spray out there. If you, if you, uh, you can spray those down from contact, all that stuff. You can do all that stuff you want. But it's going to be right here. Just go ahead before you leave today and do that. Also, Wednesday night, since they're going to be laying carpet, what we're going to do Wednesday at 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to be bagging up a bunch of groceries. We'll be putting it out there on Facebook. We'll get this out quick on Facebook, and uh, we're going to be giving away diapers and groceries and all those things, probably some gas carts and pizzas, all those things. Why do we do that? So we can pray with people. So I just want to tell you, that's why we do what we do. And uh, we've got a really cool venue here this time. They're going to be able to come right through that line, and we'll set it up like we did before. We'll be starting that at 6 o'clock, and for those of you who get here at 530, we'll need some help putting some of those groceries together, and I'm sure that our school kids at HCA. By the way, can we thank God for Hope Christian Academy today? Can we do that? I want to thank God for that. So real quick, back to Tash. Just want to give that little infomercial there real quick. But Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, those three words take on the thought. Sardis is renovation. Uh, the word Philadelphia there is love, and not just love, but brotherly love. And then the word Laodicea. Laodicea is the word judgment of people or judgment upon the people. So you can really see today of what the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us. When the word said this, and under the angel of the church in Sardis write these things, says he that has the seven spirits of God, meaning the complete fullness of Holy Spirit, and the seven stars, stars meaning messengers that go forth and preach it. He said, I know your works. you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Now, let me tell you, this is what's going on today, Mike, in many people's lives, is that you've got a name that you're a Christian, but you live in a dead faith and not a powerful faith. We need a faith today in the time that we are living in, a faith that will stand up against adversity when adversity comes. Listen, we need a faith today and a faith believing that even when the stone that is in front of us and won't let us out or won't let him in, we need to declare in Jesus' name, roll that stone of unbelief out. I'm trying to preach to a dead church to tell anybody that's listening to me today that you are under need, you're in need of renovation. That when you begin to renovate something, anybody that's ever rebuilt or redone a house or you've done this, what you've got to do is you'll go through layers of this and layers of rot and layers and you'll finally get down to what you can and you can build on. That's what I want to preach to this morning is that wherever you are in this message, what I want you to do is get down to the point to where something is solid. Some only have to go through the rotten things in your life, but get to the bottom core of something solid to build on. Get down to the ground floor and start building in him and let no other man lay any foundation other than that which is in Jesus Christ. Listen, the Christian church today needs renovating. you got a name that you're alive. But do you believe that our God's still a healer? Do you believe he's still a deliverer? Do you believe that there's still power in that name to make devils flee? And let lost people get born again. And let addictions be broken. I believe in that kind of God. You got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. It's too late when you're on the operating table. And he said he was a brain surgeon. But he... The church, listen, you need to understand that the world needs light today and something more than a Motel 6. We leave the light on all day and all night. We got a light that will shine in the midst of darkness. 
You got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You get stirred up a little bit on Sunday. I'm going to preach to somebody and make about half of you mad. You got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You get stirred up a little bit on Sunday. You get stirred up a little bit watching Furtick or Hagee. You get stirred up just a little bit, clip, catching you a clip of this and a little clip of that. Why don't you get stirred up by the Holy Ghost every day? And be... You got a name that you're alive. But Jesus said <laughs> in Revelation chapter 1, Brother Larry, he didn't say, he said this. He said, I'm alive for a little while. He said, no, I'm alive forevermore. We need some Christians that are alive forevermore. We need some, listen, we need some believers that believe instead of building a church on social status and not spiritual truth. I believe. This mighty move from culture comes in and says we can be a social church. What happens now when you can't be social? What happens now when you've got to rely on the Holy Ghost? Your flesh is crying out for your fellowship meal. Uh-oh. Somebody said, hey, you want to gain attendance? I'll tell you this, man, ain't been a time ever that I ever seen way back. Not so bad here, but it's this, it's this true. Man, you tell people you're going to have some food, they be there. Y'all are going to have homecoming. You don't, y'all going to have food? What y'all going to have? <laughs> you got a name that you're alive, church, but you're dead. Now listen, this may not be applicable to anybody here. But if it is, I'd, listen, listen, even if the shoe don't fit, wear it till it hurts. I want to get us to a place to where we understand that we need to be something for him every day. Why? Let me just, let me, let me just read this to you. This is what we're dealing with right now in America. Sardis, I just wrote this down for me. This is a church that needs renovation. This is where we're at today. This is where we're at today. Turn to somebody and say, you need to finish. You need to finish. I'm going to preach about some dropouts. You all know that I, I look at Barna Research, man, it's just powerful. Barna Research, they just, it's a good source. It's a good source. The very president, this is all the way back in 2011. He was shocked to find that 59% of young adults with a Christian background had dropped out of church at some point during their 20s. And many just for a time, but some for good. That's back in 2011. That was 59% then. Today, it's 64%. That listen, young people in their 20s, that at least 64% of them have at least left the faith for some time, and some of them for good. Well, for those of you that have left for good, you never had the right kind of faith in the beginning. I'm talking about a soul-saving faith that doesn't trust in a tear that you conjured up. I'm talking about a soul-saving faith that breaks the soul down in man and brings you to a brokenness and a contriteness that says, I can't go on in myself. I've got to have him. And you call on an almighty God. I'm talking about a sure faith, a steadfast faith. I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about the kind of faith that nobody talked you into and nobody can talk you out of. 
I'm talking about a faith, not the kind of faith that I'm going to get saved from my kids. I'm going to get saved from my wife. I'm talking about the kind of faith that said, I'm going to get saved because I don't want to go to hell and I want to go to heaven. And can I get a witness anywhere in the house? Oh, now hold on, preacher. Listen to me, young people. 64% will leave the church. What kind of church was it in the beginning? I don't know about you. I've wallowed in the pig pen for years in my life, in my old time. Can I tell you, after I was born again, I'm that guy that come out of the pig pen and crawled home. I'm the one that crawled out of there smelling like the pigs. I'm the one that rose up that day in his mind and in his heart and said, listen, surely there's something better than this in my father's house. I want to tell you right now, hell will tell you to stay in the pig pen, but when you come to your right mind, you'll say, I'm getting up out of this mess and I'm going back to my father's house because I know that he loves me and he cares for me. That kind of faith, Travis, it's a long walk. The reason it's a long walk, because you's a long way away. Turn to somebody and say, Brother Wayne, love you. He ain't mad at you. I'm just passionate. I'm just passionate, man. I'm just passionate, boy. I don't want nobody, man, under the sound of his word. I don't want anybody that's ever heard the word of God to treat it lightly, to treat it loosely. When you hear the word of God and it convicts your heart, don't say, I'll do that tomorrow. Because hell's full of people that said, I'll do that tomorrow. Why not get done today and let today be the day of salvation? And why don't it be the day that he works up the dead church that's in the house and online and outside? You talking to me, preacher? You tell me. It ain't me, it's him. I ain't going to get to all three churches. Y'all don't figure that out. Sardis. Sardis. 64%. My thing is this, why'd you leave? Hell's got a candy man at every corner. Hell runs an ice cream truck every, every day of the week. Hell rings its bell and kids flock out of churches and say, I got to have some of that. You better hear me. I don't know about y'all, years ago, off of West Market Street in Louisville, my dad dated a lady up there for years. It was away from the, it was right there in the projects. It was right there off by the Greyhound bus station. Place is very volatile today. Went up there as a kid in the mid-70s. And I can remember coming through the housing project. I can remember hearing the sound of that little bell ringing. Kids would fill out and flock out, man, with everything coming with any quarter they could find. They'd be looking in couches, be looking everywhere else. And they'd go and they would run and they'd run up there and you'd wait in line to get your little ice cream. What I found is this, is that hell is ringing its bell today. And people are leaving. Why are people leaving the church? Why are they leaving the church? Now, millennials, I'm not going to throw you in this basket. I know that even this title's millennials, when we look at that very thing, and many people, I love millennials, man, I love, listen, I love every age group. I'm liking that older age group all the time because I'm part of it. Let me move on. Let me tell you guys, if, we, if we're going to do this right, listen to me. I'm getting back to, listen, this is still at the court. So this is where we're at today. 64%. <clears throat> what, what is important to that person? To that person in their 20s, if you're here and you're listening in your 20s, this will ring something, this will ring true to you. I want to find a way to follow Jesus that connects with the world that I live in. 
God is more at work outside the church. There's things like that. God is more work, more at work outside the church than inside, and I want to be a part of that. The thing that we've got to balance is this part. Many of them say, I want to be a Christian without separating myself from the world around me. Thank you. The problem is this. You need to be careful how and the way that you word that and put that into perspective. You want to be a part of what part? You want to be a part of the actions that they're into? Or do you really want to be a part of the salvation, seeing the world come to Him? Do you want to be part of the answer and not part of the problem? So as all these things begin to happen, you, you, you can truly see that, that it's relevant to them. And it's not just relevant to me, it's relevant or to them. It's also relevant to me and should be to you. It's evident here. Man, we want to reach out in Jesus' name. We want to reach out and let anything and everything that we do not have our name on it, but let it have His name on it. That listen, that wherever this Gospel of John may find them that you hand out, that when they may be in their darkest, deepest hour of depression, maybe that will just be laying in the right place. And they'll open that up and they'll see that there's a God that cares. There's a God that loves and sent His only begotten Son so that they could have life. And have it more abundantly. In the midst of all of that, sharing one's faith, that as you begin to look at this group, something that's so important to them, Miss Billy, is the fact that they say that evangelism is so important. Amy would tell you that probably in my life, that's probably the most important thing. Well, I'll be careful how I say that. I would be humble to, to be on any side of that thought. But evangelism, listen to this, this is eye opening. Sharing one's faith, sharing one's faith in evangelism, it should be a core practice among many religions. For Christians, it's viewed as a mandate, as Jesus himself, before he departed the earth. Just simply saying, spread the good news. Yet today, a number of factors are curbing many Christians and their enthusiasm, their enthusiasm for evangelizing. One of those is this, and especially we can see it in our younger people, and even more so, well, in the same, probably in the old, older people. They're ready, but they're not willing. Almost all practicing Christians, stay with me, almost all practicing Christians believe that part of their faith means believing or being a witness about Jesus. That their evangelism, somewhere between 95 to 97% that are Bible-believing Christians, practicing Christians, say that 95 to 97%, 95, that much, believe it's important to share their faith. So do they. Barna goes on to say this. Within those millennials in particular, they feel equipped to share their faith with others. They feel maybe more equipped than any other generation. For instance, almost three-quarters say that they know how to respond when someone, someone asks or have their questions about faith. 73%. And almost the same number feel like that they're gifted in doing that. Yet, almost half. 47% agree at least somewhat that it's wrong to share one's personal belief with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. We got a problem. I'm preaching to Sardis this morning. So we got 95 to 97% that say it's important to share your faith. 
And yet there's only 47%, 47% say that even though it's that important to me, I don't know that I want to do that. Because I'm afraid, quote, my own quote, not theirs, I'm afraid of what other people will think. <laughs> How many of y'all gotten the point, I don't really care what you think? Now, when I say that, that sounds really rough, don't you? That sounds so rough right there when I say that. You look at me like, I really don't care what you think. Because I'll tell you what, thought messing a lot of people up. But when you can get to the side of knowing, that's when things begin to shift in your life. When you can come to the place in your life that you know, that old saying, you know that you know that you know. So is it important to you to share your faith? Well, you know, Brother Wayne, that's two things you don't talk about. You don't talk about politics or pol politics. Politics. <laughs> I think I just made a new word or just really messed it up real good. I think I did. I want to say probably polemics. Politics. Brother Wayne, you know you can't talk about politics and religion. I don't like either one of them. But what I do like and what I do love is Jesus Christ, the Almighty, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. People today are forming their vote and forming their thought. Did you watch the DNC? Did you watch the RNC? For those of you who are saying, I can't see what you're talking about. Here's what I was thinking this morning as I was doing me some little prayer walking, spending some time with the king. I'm doing this. I'm talking. I said, Lord, you know, everybody, got, you know, the DNC is a Democratic National Committee, Republican National Committee. Everybody's like, you watch this, you watch that. There's probably one that much of the church is missing. It's the HGC. It's the Holy Ghost Convention that's going on right now in the United States of America. And people that are bold enough, brave enough, humble enough, Real enough to share the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit to where people are changed. People are changed. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost of God moving people. You got a name that you're alive but you're dead. Then listen, wouldn't it be horrible to think that you had all of this evangelistic heart in you and you didn't share it because you was tore up about how somebody would feel? How would you feel if you were me and you had to preach their funeral? I didn't want to hurt their feelings. You don't have to. You don't have to. We've said it, Jake. We believe it. Men of God, women of God, we believe it. We're not out to win the argument. We're out to win the soul. That's borrowed, and it's true. That when somebody comes and they look at you and they spit, they, they can do whatever. And you simply look and say, man, I love you. Well, I thought you were going to hate me because of this. No, I can't. I love you. And when you get to the place of bringing people to a true gospel and a real gospel, and you present to them the first time a loving gospel, not a compromising gospel, see if it doesn't just shake them, but it'll also shake the ones that they're around. This is, this is one of the keys, guys, to it. That this is, this is one of the keys that Barna said. That the keys is we must pass on a resilient type faith to Christian young people. Some of you have seen this. This is also a form of evangelism. One of the problems with the church today, or one of the issues with the church today, is that we don't put enough kim of thought in the hand-me-downs that ought to be in the church. How many of y'all ever wore hand-me-downs? 
How many of y'all ever wore hand-me-down, down, downs? <laughs> That's all fine unless you're a boy and you got older sisters. <laughs> Somebody like, what are you talking? Anyway. Let me tell you what we should be doing in the church. We should be handing down a faith that is resilient. A faith that is persevering. The mantles of righteousness and truth. And the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about true mantles. I'm talking about mantles that mean something. That just like when Elisha, when he picked up the mantle of Elijah as he was taken away in the chariot and fell back to the ground. He could hit the water and the water divided. I'm talking about the kind of mantle that divides right from the left and walks straight on in Jesus' name. I'm talking about the kind of mantle that you can believe that not only changed you, but it'll change your successors. I'm talking about a real mantle of God, not one that bears the, th the fabric or the thread of man, but the heavenly thread of the Almighty. It's passing down what is right, not tradition. Well, we always do this and we always do that. No, not passing down the tradition of men, but passing down and believing as we lay hands on one another in prayer, believing that the mighty move of God, what He's done in the past, He's still doing and He's still going to do. That kind of prayer, the kind of prayer that changes the situation as it changes you. And the thought of that very thing and looking at that, you've got to ask yourself, what am I passing down? Am I passing down the bigotry, the prejudice? Am I passing down the unbelief to my children? Well, I don't know if God can do that. That's pretty big. We're saying, you know what? Let's trust God for that one. Trusting down in faith. It says, man, I'll tell you right now, there's been times, boy, that my faith has sure been challenged. Just as sure as yours has. But it's a believing kind of faith, Amy. It's the kind that says, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but your word told me to believe it, and I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. We begin to do that. They went on to say this, even after they're committed to sustaining this resilient faith, we've got to persuade younger Christians that evangelism is an essential, it's an essential practice of following Christ. Guys, today we've got to share our faith. Living in a time where cancer, I don't want to hear what you've got to say. I was talking to Brother Darrell this morning. He told me where he was going to be going with Scripture. I took it as a different thought. He was talking about of how that in Isaiah, he was referring to one piece of Scripture, how that, they, how that they dug and they fenced in the vineyard and how important that is to fence in your own life through the power of the Word. But I was reminded, I think it's in Isaiah chapter 5, I was reminded of the scripture, I think it was 5, don't hold me to it, but it was 5 said that hell hath enlarged itself. It's enlarged its mouth, if you will, to take in all of those that it's bigger. You've never seen a day where hell has enlarged its mouth and beginning to speak not just against color, creed, or anything else. It's ultimately wanting to attack, discredit, and destroy your faith in God. I'm encouraging you today to wake up and stand for the cause of Christ and believe in this time that we are living in right now. That this is the day that we were appointed to live. Hallelujah. And we do not live just only by that faith alone. We live by the power and through the power of the Holy Ghost of God. That when your flesh says I'm weak, the Spirit says I'm strong.
As I was praying this morning, God just began to just ease into my spirit. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, tell them I'm on the way. Tell them I'm on the way. That if you ever got that call from somebody and they were in distress. I remember a few months back, Hannah had had a, she kind of ran off the road. She called me. I could hear the tears in her voice. And she said, Daddy. I said, Baby, what is it? She told me. I said, Guess what? I'm on the way. Listen, that when you're in the middle of a situation and you begin to call on God and God tells you and you hear him on the other end of the line and he says, by the way, tell him, I'm on the way. Right now where you are, you need to be reminded through the power of the Holy Spirit that listen, I'm on the way. That when you're going through the darkest of night, the toughest of times, and hell said, you don't matter. He doesn't love you. Listen, get hell out of your head, under your heel, and live for the King of Kings. And the Lord, somebody shout, I'm on the way. You think you're standing there alone. God said, I'm on the way. How fast he was already there before you ask. Boy, sometimes I wish this microphone was like a boomerang. I like to throw it. Can we try to get one of them, Eric Cuff? <laughs> Man, I'm on the way. I'm not done with that. I spoke that to my daughter. I love my daughter. But how much more do you think God loves my daughter? That in the times when I couldn't get there, or the times maybe she was too ashamed, afraid, or anything else to call me. She called on God. And there was a God that said, I'm on the way. You may be here today and say, I don't even know what I'm here for. Listen, God had a rendezvous point with you. He was on the way before you even started getting ready. He's, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. The second part of that began to preach to my spirit. I'm still on task here. I'm on the way. Brother Wayne, I remember who you used to be in high school. I remember when you did this and you did that. Guess what? I just look at them and say, yep, but I'm on the way. I'm on the way that matters. Can I get a witness? That listen, I remember you here. I remember you there. But listen, that's before he was in here. That when you can just simply say, can I get somebody to declare with me? Say, I'm on the way. You're on the right way. You're on the right path. That now, the things that you used to be, you don't do those, any, you don't do those things anymore. You're not who you used to be. And now you're on the way. Now, I'm going to preach out that third point to myself just and to you like I preached to myself. I said, Lord, when you're coming back, he said, tell them I'm on the way. I need to tell you today that God is on his way. What's he waiting for? One more soul. One more so. What if I could be real with somebody today? I, I get so tore up about this, I lose track of time. What if I told you if you're here today and you're lost, you may be the only reason he's waiting. If there's some people around you, you lost, and if you're saying that, don't let them know it. They'd be mad at you. What if I told you that he loved you enough? That he said, I'm going to wait one more day. I'm going to wait one more hour. I'll pass. You've been preaching that mess since you've been trying to preach. I'll tell you this. You forget what I'm trying to preach, and you read the Word of God. God does not lie. He's on his way. Get ready, church. Get ready, church. Five wise and five foolish. I'm telling you, one day that trumpet's going to sound, Jack. Oh, I 
got to get my stuff. Where's my all? You ain't got time. You ain't got time. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Let me try to get this done. Maybe. You got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Then we begin to look at that very thing. Then we can see this. The word says, be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Then I like this when it says this. Look at verse 4. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis. There's a few names. Even in a dead church, even in a dying church. There's a few names that's a lie. Brother Wayne, you tell me I'm a dead church. I told you before, it ain't for me to answer. I'm here today to encourage you in the power of the Holy Spirit and to tell you it's time to build up your faith. I'm telling you it's time to build on the rock, the stone that the builders rejected. But there's a few names which have not defiled their garments. There's a few names that have not been pulled away by the lusts of the world. There's a few names that have stood strong. There's a few names that not mixing this and mixing that as we see in the church of Philadelphia. That's a true water issue as cold and hot running together. I'll take me a little bit of truth and I'll take me a little bit of a lie. And now can I tell you, if it ain't all truth, it's all a lie. There's a whole mess today just merging together. I believe it. I believe it. Every bit of it. It's so important today that when we look at that, that very thing that we're talking about is people pulling back, but there's a few names that'll stand. When I was speaking to that, and one of the pieces of Scripture said this, that there was a time coming when it was speaking to the church at Philadelphia to interweave some of these. The brotherly love church. He's speaking to that. He said there would be a time. He said, because you've kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation. I've got a whole study in that in my notes that I don't have time to get to, but this hour of temptation is upon us. As y'all see these three churches right now interacting together, I see just models of these three churches and hybrids of all coming forth. But this hour of temptation that is there, let me tell you what's going on. And by the way, before I start this, I won't be much longer, I don't think. But before I start this, I want to say this again, that back in March, I think it was in March, Amy, then we preached the, the passage of Scripture out of the book of Acts. That when he said, there's a great and effectual door opened unto me. And there was this great and effectual door that we have to preach and that we have to speak. The Internet and the opportunity and the platform, Jake, that we have today for this word to go all around the world. There's a pretty good possibility that right there in Donenfels, Germany today, some of my family that because of restrictions, I can't get on a plane and fly to them. And some of them restrictions are not COVID-related, they're money-related. <laughs> Let me move on. But in the midst of that, they have the opportunity to hear the gospel. I've heard them before. 
My cousin's daughter, my first cousin's daughter said it was so good to be able to worship with you all. They're six hours ahead of us or seven. And the thing, they just said how good it is to be able to worship together. What a great and effectual door that people in Wisconsin, that people in Tennessee, that people today in Florida. By the way, if that's any of you all, just put on there where you're from if you're watching today. But the thing that I need to tell you during this pandemic time and during this time, things become really, it becomes really easy to forsake the assembling of ourselves. And as I go forward, there's no condemnation in my voice. And I'm not telling you that you have to be on site. I'm not telling you that you have to be in here, out there. But I'm just telling you to assemble. And what I'm trying to say is this, is that what I've found because of a God of convenience, that what we will do is that now we're able to take church and we'll put church off until it's a convenient time for me. Does that make sense to anybody? Whether it does or not, I know it to be true. I'm thankful for the opportunity for the gospel to go out, and not just from myself, but from countless other pastors and preachers. So I'm thankful for that. But let me give you a sobering statistic. Barner reports that one-third of practicing Christians have dropped out of church during this pandemic time, including online. One-third! According to his research, say, Pastor, I'm tired of statistics. It's real. Could you imagine today if you were an army? If you were an army in Kim, that if we were encompassed around with, with all of the enemy coming against us, and let's just say that we had 99 faithful soldiers at one time, and there were millions of the enemy around us. I know greater is he that's in us. I know we got God. But let's be real. We need brothers and sisters that will stand beside us and fight today. Amen? What if you're there and you're so discouraged and these are people that once stood with you? I'm talking about a body of believers in line, in here, out there, and online. I'm telling you, stay connected. There's a reason. What if I told you that out of that 99, 33 now said I'm done? I've quit. I didn't make up these. Many of those third and part of, that, part of that reasoning are considered now online church hoppers. What happens is this, is that, and I'm not against you getting the, I want you to get the word, man. I absolutely want you to get the word. Stay with me. This is real stuff we're dealing with right now in the church. I'm telling you to stay connected. It's been my heart. This thought. What we find with this and the church hoppers, meaning I'll get this, I'll get a little worship here, I'll get a little bit of this here, and I'll get a little bit, and you become a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you become nothing at all. Have no relevance. In the thought of all of that, many are considered, I wrote this down, this is not paraphrased, or this is just my own writing, it's not from Barnum, but the thought came from there, it said, many are considered that when you talk about church, line, or church hoppers, but what we find today is it creates a culture of what appeals to me and what I am going through instead of what he has called us to do. Give me a message, Pastor that preaches to me and what I'm going through and the hurt that I'm in. I understand that. That's real, man. But where are the messages that calls us and steers us to do what we're called to do? Where are the pulpits? Where are the people that say, listen, 
more than just a pandemic, more than just a virus, more than just all these things. Right now, we are suffering in the United States of America as morality is kicked to the curb and the truth of God considered a fallacy and the parables of God considered fables and just things for an archaic mind and an archaic group of believers. As I see these churches begin to intermingle, it creates a culture of only consumer Christianity. We consume. Set the table, fix the food. Don't call on me to do the dishes. I'm just here to eat. I'm not here to provide. I'm not here. Hello? Maybe I'm not speaking to anybody today in here, out there or online. But I'll guarantee you, this message, if it'll hit home, and the Holy Spirit will begin to move upon the hearts of broken believers that will come before God and say, I'm not going to be a mealy-mouthed, watered-down version of this gospel. I'm going to stand for this gospel until Jesus Christ calls me home, and I'm going to do what He called me to do. Praise team, could you come, and I'll give you time. You've got a name that you're alive. And for those that are watching and part of the service today at any level, thank you for binding with us and believing with us. I wrote this down in my notes. You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Jim, that's part of my main verse what about this you have activities but there's no anointing you're always doing something but you're leaving something out you have a movement but you have no true mission you're a social church but not a spiritual church you have ritual and religion but you have no righteousness. Are you a dropout? Are you a dropout? We're living in a time to where if I can't do it, I'll just drop out. If I can't do it, I'll just drop the class. I don't know who told you, and I, I, I don't think it would have been me. I don't know who told you the day that you got saved that it was all going to be easy. I don't know who told you that there wouldn't be trials, there wouldn't be tribulations, Master Chief. But I can just about guarantee you it wouldn't be, and neither was I that person, nor do I want to be that person. You ever been around that person at a baptism or right after people get saved? They look straight at these young people and anybody that gets saved looks straight at them and said, oh, you better get ready now. Hell's going to get you. Hell's got to get its hands off of you in Jesus' name. Oh, listen, you better be. I'm not that guy. Don't want to be that guy. That ain't really encouraging. 
You just tell me the decision I made. I done made all hell mad. And now I feel like everybody out to get me. You just tell me a little bit ago that how Jesus loved me and saved me. Are you a dropout? Been a lot of times in my life I've wanted to quit. A lot of times. And I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of times, and, and, and I want to say this, that, and there's a difference. There's a lot of times in my life I've wanted to quit, but there is a difference that there were times in my life that I just couldn't go. When I say that, that could be a physical impairment or something like that. What my feet couldn't do, my mind did. One thing about prayer is that you don't have to be walking when you do it. One thing about believing, you don't have to be walking when you do that either. But today, in this time that we're living in right now, I want to encourage you, man. Stay connected. I'll close. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I abide in you, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me, you can't do nothing. Nothing. We probably have that banked. Today, as these statistics awaken me, and I looked at that, I need to tell you today that there's going to be things that try to pull you away. But don't let the gods of control, convenience, or anything else pull you and keep you from doing highly what God has called you and I to do. Laura, keep doing what God has called you to do. If God fills up that road, we'll get you another road. Keep inviting people. didn't get to much of that I'm on my way I'm on my way pray with me Heavenly Father right now God wherever this message is finding anybody and God today we could use that as a statement of time maybe for those that would watch later or something else wherever it may be finding them but God spiritually where is this message finding you right now you may be on the verge of quitting you may be here hearing this message and say, man, I'm a dropout. I ain't been to church in years. I went to college and I heard all this mess of how God wasn't real. Holy Spirit, convict that heart right now. For our young people that are here and for this church and for the whole, just a whole group of millennials that are resilient, I want to encourage you to keep on. We as a body of believers together join with you in Jesus' name. And we say, be resilient. Share your faith. Share your faith. They condemned him. They came against Jesus too. But you share your faith. Share it the same way he did in grace and in truth. Now listen to me, Christians, as we're praying today. Don't fight your battles online. You don't have to throw every Republican or Democratic thought out there or anything else. Listen to me. We're still praying. Take a break from it. Instead of using that for your platform, why don't you take one of these Gospels of John and share it with somebody at a gas station. They throw it down right in front of you, still praying, still want you with me. <laughs> so 
So what? Pick it back up and let them know that you love them with the love, man of the Lord. Today, God, there's a group of believers that are connected, God, and I pray you strengthen them. Precious Holy Ghost of God, for those that need to hear that I'm on the way, they feel like they're the only one standing. They feel like they're the only one left. God, awaken them in the Spirit and let them know, God, that there's a group of believers that's trusting with them. Heavenly Father, God, I just lift up the women of this church. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would remind them of who they are in Christ Jesus, that they would find their worth in you, the King of all kings, Lord of all lords, that you would strengthen them when they're weary, that you would remind them that you have come to give us life and life more abundant, that if we would abide in you, that you would abide in us, and God, that you would allow us to overcome the things of this world, that you would enable us to do what you've called us to do. God, I pray a peace over them. I pray, God, an empowerment to walk the walk that you've called them to walk and that they would be an example of Christ Jesus to all those around them. I pray the spirit of life and love just be overflowing in them and that darkness has to flee, that heaviness has to be gone in the name of Jesus, that you would be the joy of their salvation and that you would restore unto them all the things that Satan has chanted that he was going to steal from them. God, you've called us to be overcomers and possessors, and I pray no more will we live under that you've called us to be the head and not the tail, that you've called us to be, God, daughters, In Jesus' name, I pray empowerment over all the women of this church. Right now, you're still praying. Some of you could agree that I am that woman. Some of you say, I want to be that woman. Why don't you slip out of your seat right now? You may have never prayed at this altar, but let's look for people to move. Ladies, I'm going to encourage you right now to come pray. Whether you say, I am that woman or I want to be that woman, God's going to answer you now. As they come, men of God, listen to me. That God right now, just as you raised up Gideon, that even said, I'm least, I'm the least in my father's house. That even God today, we may feel like we're hiding by the wine press as we're threshing wheat. God, this group, and God, these, these ones that are coming against the very call and cause of God. Today, God, equip us as men, call us as men to stand. God, just as with Gideon, there were those, Lord, that he let go home. Those that were afraid those that had lost sight but God there were 300 whatever that number was God that said you know what we're going to stay right here and fight we ain't going to lose our vision we ain't going to lose our sight hallelujah and we're not going to be afraid of what the enemy could even try to do to us because we believe that there's no weapon formed against us that will prosper men of God I don't know whether you can say I'm that man or I want to be that man but I'm going to quicken you Mm, let the Holy Spirit quicken you right now to come pray at this altar come on right now and say, I am that man, or I want to be that man. Let the Holy Spirit of God quicken you to come pray and believe. Many of you have wives already up here. Come pray with them. But come, and let's believe God that we'll stand in these last days. If you're here today and you're lost, you're undone, you're away,
give your heart to Christ. They're at home. Kneel beside your couch, your coffee table, your bedside, wherever you are. If you're hearing this man in your car, bow your heart to him. Pray. Stand, church. Stand. Be convicted. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.